On today's episode of Homestand Sports, Blue Jays. We're talking Blue Jays baseball. I'm bringing on Andrew Zuber, a.k.a. the Zoobs. Uh, he was on last week. We were talking, we we're actually previewing the big series against the Texas Rangers for the Blue Jays. And what happens? They go out and get swept in the most important series of the season. And then they follow that up with a series sweep against the Boston Red Sox in dramatic fashion where you get everything. Walk-offs and misplays and home runs from Vladdy. Biggio looks like his dad, Craig Biggio. The pitching looks fantastic. All is good and well with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I talked to the Zoos about that and how, you know, how do you make sense of the MLB? It feels like it's upside down. How do you make sense of the Blue Jays and what they're doing right now? We talk about all that. We talk about David Schneider, who started off his MLB career. He was fantastic. One of the greatest starts in baseball history is now 0 for 20 in his last five games. Is that a cause for concern? George Springer, 1 for 20 in that same amount of time. How concerning is that, considering he's one of your go-to guys um, and can possibly be dubbed Mr. October? At least on this Jays team, they don't have that much experience, but they're going to lean on Springer heading into the playoffs if they get there. Uh, we also preview a big series coming up against the Yankees. They finish off their last 12 games against the season against the Yankees the Tampa Bay Rays, the Yankees, and the Tampa Bay Rays. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. This was always going to come down to the Jays against the AL East, and here we are. So without further ado, here's my guest, Andrew Zuber. This is Homestand Sports. I'm Albert Bartania. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, Zoobs. Those... Blue Jays somehow pull off a sweep against the Boston Red Sox, coming off of a sweep against the Rangers in what was dubbed the biggest game of, sorry, not game, games, uh, the biggest series of the MLB season for the Jays. They get swept. Jonah Heim and Corey Seager slapped them around the Rogers Center. They gave up 35 runs. They don't know how to pitch. They don't know how to hit. All of a sudden, what do they do to bounce back? They play the Red Sox at home and they sweep them in dramatic fashion. Walk-offs. Uh, I mean, Varsho's hitting the ball while Chapman can hit the ball again. David Schneider can't. We'll talk about that. But, I mean, look at these Jays. All of a sudden, we're writing them off. I'm completely off the wagon, by the way, after the Rangers series. And I'm completely back on right now. So what I need you to do for me is, you know, take me through, because I know you went through it, your roller coaster uh -huh. of emotions from the first game against Texas to yesterday's game <laughs> against the Boston Red Sox. I need you to speak to Blue Jays Nation right now. Well, if you didn't basically write them off after Texas, um, good for you. I can't say the same. Completely. I mean, listen, not just and not just, Albert, you laid it out there beautifully to, to be swept and then sweep. Not just that. Texas got swept. The Mariners got swept. <laughs> the Astros lost like I think something like 11 straight games went the Jays way over the weekend um okay. Texas can't Texas I think scored six runs over the course of the weekend the Blue Jays by the way scored 10 runs in three games against the Red Sox after giving up 10 runs per game to Texas I don't listen anybody that comes on here you you interview a lot of people anybody that comes on here and tells you they know what is going to happen is lying and is wrong this sport is insane. It's the best and worst thing about baseball. Yeah, what a roller coaster. I mean, if you didn't uh, record an expletive-laden takedown of this team on Thursday after that four-game sweep, I would say maybe. Not maybe. I mean, I said it definitively at the time. That was, to me, the worst series I can ever remember as a Blue Jays fan in terms of importance, results, um, timeliness, 
like 35 to 9, 36 to 9, something like that over the course of the series, looking like they don't care, looking like they couldn't possibly get up, looking like they had mailed the season in, can't pitch, can't hit, can't run, can't field, turn it around. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu is spinning gems. You got Chris Bassett. You got, you got as you said, you got walk-offs. You have Kevin Biggio playing his way oh. back into the team for next year. You got, we can get rid of Matt Chapman because we have Kevin Biggio. Like, <laughs> insane things to say. Oh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been so bad this year. Oh, home runs in three straight games. The only guy who hit it all on Friday, three-run home run, wins the game. Uh, it's completely ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous and is a beautiful prep for playoff baseball, which is, of course, the beauty of baseball is games every day for six months. Over the course of the season, the cream rises to the top. The best team is supposed to, because there's so much games, uh, win. And then it's like, okay, who can win four games out of seven? Completely ridiculous, completely crazy sport. This is why it's my favorite. Uh, Impossible to even pin down. Absolute heights, absolute depths. And here we are a week later, exactly where we started a game like a game up <laughs> i don't want to be negative but listen i mean this inconsistency consistently is really concerning but listen on a high note they won the series and my next question was going to be zoobs can you please do me a favor and explain baseball to me because clearly i don't understand i was just talking to producer sean about this when i got in i'm like why am i going in front of a camera on air why am i on this podcast <laughs> talking about baseball after this weekend i pretty much wrote off the jays i said the rangers are incredible they're probably going to make the playoffs they get swept and then the Mariners, like you mentioned, get swept by the Dodgers, which isn't as surprising, I guess. I mean, the Guardians sweeping the Rangers is sure. incredible. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand. Like, what am I supposed to be watching for? I watch the Jays, and when it all clicks, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. And, okay, you can look at a lot of different things in that series against Boston and say, well, they could have done that better. They could have done this better. They got lucky here. Why is the center fielder getting a ball hit over his head? That makes no sense to me. Sure. So many things yeah. kind of went their way. But trying to explain what's happening right now is, is very difficult. But at the same time, it's fantastic because you just don't know what to expect. And that, that's, I think that's the beauty about sport and baseball, especially this time. Yeah, I mean, you all cover a lot of sports on this show. Yeah. 162 games for a reason, right? If you to use NFL as a as a comparison, right? The season is 10% as long. So imagine imagine judging a football team basically on on one drive. It's what you're doing when you're talking about individual games in a baseball season, right? You're, you're talking about what is what is 10% of 10%, which is one individual game. It, it, it's, if a guy they go three and out, oh, this team is not going to make the playoffs. It's just, it's a, you have to we learn this so many times we've learned this you have to step back and breathe and say what does the big picture show me what does the big picture show me and the big picture shows you here is uh the baseball's crazy and random it's a round ball hitting a round bat things do and don't happen for a reason guys hit the ball hard and it hits into gloves whit merrifield hits a chopper that's basically a bunt and it ends up being a walk walk off single it's it's completely ridiculous to pretend you have any sort of expertise you have uh you know this is a beautiful exercise in listening to playoff odds three days ago the jays playoff odds were like 30 percent. now they're 75 percent again just enjoy the ride is sort of at this point at this part of the year all you can do is enjoy the ride i know and it's great i do love the ride how can you not love the ride after what we just saw so let's kind of break it down a bit in that series i mean not even just this series the entire season i think this this pitching this starting rotation deserves so much credit I mean, after mm-hmm. Manoa went down, or not just went down, when he just wasn't pitching well, we knew that he probably wasn't going to bounce back. This season could have been a write-off a long, long time ago because the expectation was obviously Manoa's going to be even better, hopefully. You got another number two in, in Gossman. Hopefully Bassett is, is pretty good. And then 
maybe you're going to get a bounce back from Brios and Kikuchi. And if if Brios and Kikuchi don't bounce back, and if Gosman's not the ace, I mean, this is a team that wouldn't even be in the conversation for a wild card right now, depending on who they would get, maybe at the deadline in terms of starting pitchers. But it could have gone all pear-shaped, and it didn't. And I think Rio deserves a ton of credit. He comes back. Uh, we don't know what to expect from him. He looked fantastic. Barrios is having a stellar season. Kikuchi's having the best season of his career. I mean, without this rotation, this Blue Jays team is is nothing, Zoobs. That is absolutely true, and I would agree with all those things. And I would also add as much slack as as Flackberry as they got for some of the trades they made this offseason. They lead the league by a wide margin in defensive runs saved in the outfield. Uh-huh. And it's easy to say, um, you know, that's 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 all well and good, but outfield defense is taking away extra bases. It's not just it's not just oh, it's a nice ground ball play. It's taking away doubles, it's taking away really important hits. And with Kiermeyer and Varsho, you have sort of allowed these guys to, to play with a little more danger. The, the fly balls, balls hit to the outfield, it's not as dangerous as it was last year when, say, you didn't know if a ball hit to right field that was very catchable, the right fielder even paying attention, or the the route that Lourdes Gurriel would take last year. Mm. So this is this is part and parcel. This is probably sort of by design, right? They have this incredible defensive outfield. They've saved a ton of runs. Kiermaier catches anything that lands inside the stadium, and Varsho is right there as well, would be a gold glover if, if, if Kevin Kiermaier wasn't playing to his left. So I think, you know, when we talk about the pitching staff, they definitely deserve the flowers. I think Bassett has been better than you could expect. I think Gosman has continued to be a front-of-the-line guy. The Ryu bounce back, as you mentioned. The Burrios bounce back. But they've also done the job of ensuring that the, the guys they have playing behind them are the best of the best at this. And, and the numbers bear that out. They are far and away the best outfield defense. And and as as, as much as they can always sort of make it look routine, uh, those outs that, that outfielders take away, those are usually pretty important hits. Those are usually extra bases. Uh, and I think that is something that maybe even taking for granted how good they've been defensively in the outfield. Where are you at right now with, with Vladdy? Obviously, he's taken a lot of heat for his performances, but, I mean, he looks pretty good. I mean... One of the games they won was it came off his bat, you know, in an important series. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the Blue Jays' season sort of incarnate, where <laughs> it depends on how you want to look at it, right? Where yeah. you're like, man, he should be so much better, and then you're like, but he's also been pretty good. Like for all the for all the problems they've had with runners in scoring position, if you sort the team by who's been best with runners in scoring position, he is so far above everybody else. He's actually been the most clutch player. It just so happens that like he's been the only one to do anything. Uh, certainly not going to argue with three home runs in three days. Certainly not going to argue with the most important hits coming at the most important times. I think it's more of a thing, you know, we talked about Kevin Kiermeyer earlier this year and, and his hitting ability and, and how much of a plus that was. And, and part of the reason is because you knew the other aspects of the game. He was also going to raise that value with Vladdy. He's a little bit like a pure goal scorer in soccer or hockey, right? Where it's like, if he's not hitting the home runs, what is he doing? The defense cratered, the base running cratered, and that's why his wins of replacement was like half a run. He's gone up to uh, 0.9 from 0.4 in the last week because he's getting the hits, and, and and that's what you do when you're the face of the franchise. That's what you do when Bo is playing injured, when Chapman's not hitting very well, when you're uh, leaning on these rookies, somebody's got to step up, and, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has... To his credit, answered the bell after some some rightful, I think, criticism, some rightful focus on him. If you're going to be the guy who hits third every day, if you're going to be the guy who plays first, if you're going to be the guy who's on the posters and in the commercials, uh, you got to do your part of the deal. And he has done that uh, coming up. So so that much is there's there's very little to complain about. Having good at-bats, not pounding the ball into the ground. 
Um, you got to like what you see if you're a James fan. You know, one guy who was definitely doing his part for a very, I mean, a short amount of time, but a long time at the same time, David Schneider. Guy's incredible. But in the last five games, you know, 0 for 20, which you, you kind of expect that, I'm assuming, with a guy who's just getting sure. called up. He, he's not used to playing in the big, so this this is going to happen. Maybe the cliche, the book is out on David Schneider can be thrown out there. But they relied on his bat for a long period of time. And now that's kind of died down. We saw some clutch hitting, you know, obviously from, from Witt and Varsho and Chapman, Kevin Biggio. But if his bat goes cold now moving into this this Yankee series and then Tampa and then Yankees and Tampa again, uh, how much cause for concern is that? I mean, he's a non-prospect, right? It, it is one of those things like if he didn't start his first 25 games with like a 1300 OPS, you'd never think about it. You'd never talk about it. It right. just so happened that he exploded onto the scene. If it's like, oh, the 26 man isn't hitting very well, you'd be like, so what, right? It's not a guy. This isn't Bo Bichette going cold. This isn't Vladdy going cold where it's like, what do we do? You don't play him. He's not playing that well. It's 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 not that much of a cause for concern. He's not a guy that uh, similar to Chapman where it's like he's going cold, but we need to have him at third. Doesn't really have a position he excel, excels at. He's a pretty good second baseman, but right now you have uh, BGO playing well. Listen, this type of year... It, you play well and, and you get playing time. It's sort of it, it is that simple. You 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 do the long view stuff. You do the development stuff. You do that stuff. Um, March through August, September, October. It is time to if you are playing well, you will play. I don't think it's a disaster if David Schneider doesn't get at bats. Other guys have rised uh, an up a little bit enough. BGO has been good enough that you can sort of replace those at bats there. I don't think it's too much of a cause for concern. Maybe if you're somebody that you know, is penciling David Schneider into your like, we can get rid of Chapman next year because Schneider is uh, an extra infielder that we can use. Maybe that concerns you, but in the, in the micro, in the, in the short term, nothing to worry about. And I would add, um, you know, he's hit the ball pretty well in that, in that 13 inning game, he sort of got robbed. He hit the ball really hard in his extra inning at bat. This happened to go right at gloves. I think it evens out. That's the story of baseball, right? Sometimes you hit the ball hard and it finds gloves. Sometimes you don't. And it bloops in. Um, that being said, you know, the the limitations are what they are. There's a reason he wasn't a top prospect. There's a reason he wasn't a top 100 guy. There are holes. He happened to, you know, he has a great approach. He doesn't swing it at pitches off the plate. He doesn't swing at pitches he can't do damage on. He's, he's done very well with that. But again, we're, he's not a 1300 OPS guy. He's not better than Shohei Otani. He's a... He's a serviceable guy that you're happy to bring in, but not somebody that you have to justify why he's not in the lineup day in, day out. What about George Springer? One for 20 in that same amount of time. How do you, how do you explain that one? This one's tough. Springer's a little tougher for me because he is a really important guy that that once upon a time was like a no-doubt leadoff guy. The, the question on Springer is, is sort of twofold is are we seeing a decline, right? He has his low, lowest OPS by about 40 points last I checked this season, and that is a part of being 33, 34 years old in this game and playing uh, a high-impact center field and right field for his entire career and playing on that water center turf and 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 maybe playing through some injuries this year but has managed to stay healthy. Um, but also, we talked... <laughs> this is the story of the... Last week we talked and you were like... September Springer, he's here. I know, I and know. September Springer, he's gone. Like everything is upside down to where it was a week ago, and yet <laughs> has settled in the exact same place. It's really hard to parse. He's a guy they're going to need, though, when it comes to October, when it comes to playing playoff baseball, um, it, lengthening that lineup and giving you what you need in terms of at bats uh, will be important. So, where I grade on him is sort of where I graded on him all year long. Is the trend is worrying. The the the, the numbers aren't 
the guy that it's been that was driving the offense his first two years here. And and the, and the question is, is this something you can fix um, with a good, healthy offseason? Remember, he didn't spend his entire offseason getting better. He spent his offseason rehabbing an injury that happened at the very end of last year. That That is important, that offseason time where you do that work. Some of that time was spent recovering and not retooling. So, um, you know, he's managed to play basically every day, which was a concern after the first two seasons. Um, you you sort of have to have faith. This is different than the Schneider conversation. You do sort of have to pencil him in more often than not, just based on who he is and what mm-hmm. he brings to your lineup and and helping that defense. So yeah, it's somebody that they're going to have to lean on, especially as we continue to see. You know, is is Bobichet going to be back to Bobichet soon? Is he going to be able to play into that health? Are they going to be able to do that? Um, if so. A little less concerned, but if not, Springer is a guy they are going to need to lean on for some power, for some contact, for some defense, for some base running. Um, he's supposed to be a five-tool guy for them, and if he's not, uh, things get short pretty quick in that lineup. I think the Jays are at the point where it's you, you guys, you just got to get in and let Springer do what he does in the postseason. I think that that's that's where I'm at anyway with George Springer. I'm not too concerned with the one for 20. Get in, and we know what he can do in September. So let him cook in September or in October, excuse me. Okay, so they have a big six game road trip coming up. Huge, huge. Yankees mm-hmm. first, three in New York, and then three in Tampa. Um, uh, the best team in baseball over the last 20 games is the New York Yankees, surprisingly, even though they have a you know, players who can't really hit the ball. John Carlos Stanton, I think he's batting like 200. And uh, Donaldson's no longer on that team, but he had a horrible season. Um, but with that said, they went 14-6 and six in that time. They played Detroit, Houston, Milwaukee, Boston, Pittsburgh. So not the toughest schedule. Um, but I just don't know what to expect from this New York, New York Yankees team uh, going against the Blue Jays. Like, are they going to relish in the role of playing as the spoiler? Or are they, you know, I don't know, kind of licking their wounds after such a horrible season? <laughs> I mean, Texas came in on the worst slide in baseball, and they swept them. Texas don't do came it, Zeus. out don't, and immediately don't, don't lost. Even the Yankees came in red hot. I have no idea. The, here's my logic now: is expect the opposite, right? So the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. I expect them to play very poorly. I don't know. Uh, I don't, like. I don't know how else. <laughs> I like that. I like but, that logic. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. I'm, I'm, I'm out of logic. I'm out of ideas. Um, I will say you did to the point like. If there was ever a team that is ghosts and would haunt you and you remember very well 2021, the nail in the coffin was uh, Robbie Ray versus Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah. uh, that was the that was the nail in the coffin game. Mm-hmm. Would I be shocked if we're sitting here three days later and I was like, well, the Yankees ruined the season or, you know, or or the Jays swept the Yankees and now they feel great. I have no idea. Um, there's plenty of reason to believe both sides. That being said, right, you did mention it. Like the Jays swept the Red Sox, also didn't really play that well, honestly. No. Like right, the, the the one ball gets hit to the center fielder, and the guy makes a routine catch. Uh, they're two and one. One thing goes different in extra innings. They're one and two, and they're not in the playoffs. Uh, that is the thing about this type of year and this time of year is you sort of hope that you know the bad teams make enough mistakes that they lose and the good teams do enough capitalizing on the mistakes that they win. The question is, is this a good team and a bad team or is it two bad teams or is it two good teams? This is the, this is the quandary with the 2023 baseball season. Things are crazy. Things are upside down. I know certainly myself and plenty of other blue Jays fans probably seeing ghosts, probably feeling a little nervous. If, if you could pick two teams, you would not want to play in the closing weeks. It would be Tampa and New York and surprise, surprise, the only teams left in the calendar are Tampa and New York. So uh, <laughs> cross your fingers and close your eyes. It could go either way. I mean, it's so funny. We talked about this like, before the season started. 
and I think we both we came did. to agreement that it's going to come down to the AL East at the end of the season for here the Toronto Blue Jays. And here we are against the Yankees and Tampa, who obviously look good. Uh, huge loss, actually, yesterday against the Baltimore Orioles. What a walk-off win. We'll get into that uh, shortly as well. I like the pitchers going out right now for the Jays against the Yankees. I mean, that's, that's giving me some optimism. Kikuchi, Gosman, Brios against Schmidt, King, and Cole. You never really want to face Cole, but, I mean, with, with, with the way that the pitching has been lately um, – I think there's to- totally signs for optimism with uh, Kikuchi and Gosman, at least stealing the first two games. I know it's crazy to say, but you're facing a lineup that's struggling to hit. The Jays are kind of struggling to hit too. But if I were to give an advantage somewhere in this series, it's probably in the pitching department. Talk about upside down crazy. Picture yourself last year this time being like, well, at least the Jays have Barrios and Kikuchi going in this series. So it's going <laughs> to yeah, be fine. Right. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't know, man. Uh, I was so off the Kikuchi wagon last year, too, and (laughs) I I love him now. He's my favorite pitcher. I don't know, dude. Yeah, there's a chance. I'm going to be scarred um, from Aaron Judge uh, until the season ends. That's just sort of my nature is is expect him to ruin the year however he can. Um, Yeah, there's plenty of reason for optimism. There's plenty of reason for pessimism. It depends uh, where you fall on that scale. Yeah. you have to like it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You, you you've got to like uh, their ability to to make pitches and 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 to throw, you know, hard innings and, and and rely on that great outfield defense that we talked about a little bit earlier. It's the long ball, as always, with these guys. I think they're sort of they've made a they've made peace with sacrificing. It's like Kikuchi, a fly ball guy. We're going to sacrifice the the chance that he gives up two solo home runs for the fact that a lot of those fly balls will fall into the gloves of these very good defensive outfielders or these. Guys won't allow enough base runners through other means that those solo home runs really hurt them. The problem, of course, right now is they're not racking up the runs exactly. They didn't they didn't hit any better against Boston than they did against Texas. They just so happened to play a little bit better defense and get a little bit better pitching. So, yeah, it's going to come down to the pitching. I agree with that. They're going to have to win these games tight. I don't see them um, wanting to get into a track meet, wanting to get into a slugfest. I don't think that is the recipe for this team. Uh, it could be. It, it probably should be, you could argue, with the bats that they have, but it certainly hasn't been. So I, I think taking your chances and winning that pitching matchup is, is going to be the way forward for these guys. Uh, Caleb McGrath, uh, she wrote a, a good article on uh, on the Athletic about kind of the whole wild card situation, the AL and the Blue Jays positioning. So she mentioned that you know according to Fangraphs, to get into the wild card, at least for the Jays, eighty nine wins is probably the number, which means they'd have to go six and six in this final stretch against New York, Tampa, New York, Tampa. Do you do you see them at least coming out of it five hundred or, or above? Honestly, I know what we're talking about, like, not knowing what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) But, you know, based on what you've seen so far, do you have enough faith in this inconsistent, consistently inconsistent team that they can at least go 500 the rest of the way? It's so funny because, like, six and six, it's like I can see them losing all three, losing all six against Tampa and (laughs) winning all six against New York. Or, like, yeah, the the one thing that scares me a little bit is I think, you know, when we talk about – the big talking point has been like, oh, the the Rangers and and Mariners play each other a bunch, so they're gonna best case scenario one team destroys the other and a bunch of losses sink one, or they go five hundred and the Jays have to sort of match that. Um, I think that implies that that Tampa doesn't have anything to play for when they absolutely do, right? They are right there on the American League East trail. Winning the East would be a lot more helpful for them than having to host a wild card game. So that is a, a you know, Tampa's not taking these games off. Tampa's not cruising just because they have clinched a playoff spot. Tampa has uh, real work to do, and I expect them to um, go as hard as they possibly can. Is 500 achievable? Yeah, it absolutely is. That They haven't been, for as bad as the bads have been, for as low as the lows have been, they really haven't 
aside from the Texas series, like they didn't really haven't gone on like an extended huge losing streak, right? They also haven't gone on a winning streak, which I think is what has made people so frustrated this yeah. year. There, there hasn't been the eleven game winning streak, but there also hasn't been the like six game losing streak where it seems that they can't get out of their own way. They tend to win two of three, lose two of three, win two of three, lose two of three. So to me, that recipe is like five hundred sneaks you in. Yeah, I wouldn't rest my hat on it. I wouldn't rely on it if I were them, but. Uh, it's certainly not going to be easy, and 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 you can certainly do a lot worse. Um, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be it's going to be wild. It's going to be exciting. The Jays are sneakily like the the comeback kings, or the comeback kids at least of the MLB for whatever reason, right? I say that because they'll lose a series like you just mentioned. They come back and they'll win one, and you know short short term memory. I think that's what you need at this point in the season. And I think we've talked about this before. A lot of a lot more veterans, a lot of more been there guys on that team, which. You know, based on the way that the Jays are playing, probably come in handy a lot more than if they were just dominating, you know, throughout the entire season. Yeah, and certainly a reminder that the inside of the clubhouse doesn't react to these things the way that we do outside, right? Oh, they certainly so. aren't like, oh, we lost to Texas, it's over, right? They, they are, they've been through this much more than we have. They've been yeah. on the inside. They know that, like, there's a game tomorrow, which is very much to hear baseball players say that all the time. You hear John Schneider say that all the time, and people get frustrated by it, and they go, show a little fire, show a little more. But the reality is, is that all you can do is go to the next day and try to win that next game. And, and, and as we saw this weekend hope that the chips fall in your favor because you never know when Texas will get swept by the Guardians. You, you never know when the Royals will be a speed bump for Houston. You never know when the Dodgers will have already clinched everything they need to clinch and yet still beat Seattle even though they have nothing to play for. Um, it's a crazy game and, and, and there's no real rhyme or reason to it sometimes. As I said before, remember Pittsburgh started the year like 22-3. and three. Um, yeah. Bad teams go on huge runs. Good teams go on losing streaks. With 12 games to go, boy, good luck figuring this out until it's over. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs were written off. You know, we thought the Reds were the best team in baseball. They're going to win their division, and and here we are. <laughs> Things change. But the Jays are going to get a lot of help, right? I mean, the Mariners play 10 against Texas, Houston, and then the Rangers play, obviously, the Mariners and Angels. So it, they're going to get help. These teams are going to lose because they're playing each other. I think the Jays just need to, you know, just do their part. Maybe not even worry about it. Maybe there's, there's no point even mentioning you know, the fact that, you know, the Mariners and Rangers, who they played, is it just like a one pitch, one inning at a time type deal? Is that where we're at right now? Somehow, some way, they are, they are back to controlling their own destiny, which is I like, it, it seems just win, baby. We're, we're back to just win. We're back to worry about the big picture stuff in November, worry about everything else after the season. For the next two weeks, just win today. Uh, that's where we're back to. No real reason why or why not. Just hold on and enjoy the ride. I think it's all you can really do as a fan. All right. Let me, uh, before I get you out of here, I want to just hit you with some stuff going around the MLB. I want your opinion on it. Uh, one major storyline, Shoyo Otani, out for the season, oblique, quote-unquote, oblique injury. Sure. Uh, he cleans out his locker, Zoops. So my question is, uh, is that the last time that we'll ever see Otani in an Angels uniform? Oh, yeah, I would say absolutely. You know, a, a sneaky story that came out as well on there is Anthony Rendon uh, had a major injury and, and was just like the Angels didn't announce it. So he was like, I guess I'll announce that I have a frack. Like, I I guess uh, I'll tell people that I'm out for the year. Yeah. Something stinks real bad in that Angels organization. I can't say for sure what it is, but they're going to go 10 years now without a, without a playoff spot. Um, having Mike Trout, having Shohei Otani, having Anthony Rendon, having... Um, 
real true top of the game generational stars and nothing to show for it i don't think he's going back i don't get any sort of sense that anything has happened in anaheim to make him go this is my home and these are my guys they've done nothing to put a, a winning team on the field they've done nothing to other than allowing him to pitch and hit they haven't really done anything to protect him or help him uh and him cleaning out his locker to me not a great sign so i would expect him to uh not, they didn't. He, they had a they had a stand in for him in Team Photo Day. Oh. He didn't even go to Team Photo Day. I, I know. Mean, it wasn't even a Japanese a guy. It was sign. a white guy. That's not here? a good sign, man. <laughs> you know what? Blue Jays so. fans, Jays fans think they got issues with their team. Imagine being an Angels. Yeah, fan. man. This entire season, you have Otani, who was the talk of the season for so long. He's still going to win AL MVP. I'm pretty sure. Uh, even though he's not playing for the rest of the season. You go to the trade deadline, you become buyers, you bring in you know, a stud pitcher, at least well, we thought was a stud pitcher, and a couple other players. Uh, and then you go on this heavy-duty losing streak after the deadline. You get rid of those players. Otani goes down, and now he's gone. And maybe Mike Trout is going to get dealt. Anthony Rendon's injury is not being announced by the club, by the player. Like, the Angels got some serious problems. So, Jays fans, you're in a good spot. You're still cheering for some important baseball up here in September. Can only assume next year the Angels make the playoffs without any of those guys. That's my only no oh, yeah, baseball. True, yeah. Based I can only on assume, what we're talking about today, yeah. <laughs> can only assume they will clean house and then win the AL West. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> it's just the win only the, way. Oh go. my God, Zoops, what are we doing? Okay, I got another one for you, Matt Olson. Uh, maybe the sneakiest monster season of all time. Um, no kidding. I think he can hit 60. I want to get your opinion. 13 games left. They play Washington six times, and this is my whole thing. They gave up the most homers in the MLB. And so I think he might feast in both of those series and, and maybe come close by the end of the season. Yeah, why not? Nothing nothing to do but swing for the fences there. I, I think you uh, must be nice uh, to have a team hit a bunch of home runs and 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 have it be a frivolity, have it be like a fun, how many can he hit sort of thing. Who's the GM of that team again? Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, it, it, it's it, you're right about sort of sneaky. The, the how good Atlanta has been has just sort of been like uh, implied the entire year. It's almost like not even worth talking about unless you're like, hey, did you see Acuna? He's unbelievable. Also with Olsen, um, it's been really impressive just sort of the, the way that they've managed to um, lock down their young stars and that move Freeman for Olsen, right? It was sort of not that it was malign, but it was like, is this really that big of an upgrade? And as good as Freddie Freeman has been, um, Olsen has been everything you could possibly want him to be stepping into that role and then some. Um, it's been really impressive. I'm really impressed with Atlanta. I think they're the team to beat. They have a, they have pretty much everything you would possibly want them to do. And then, yeah, it turns out hitting a lot of home runs is a, is a pretty good recipe for winning baseball games. Yeah, I like uh, I love Atlanta. Hopefully he does it. That's just a great storyline if Matt Olden, Olsen uh, hits 60. Okay, last one. Uh, this one really bothers me. Maybe it shouldn't bother me. Maybe it's just me getting old. <laughs> But champagne celebrations for clinching the playoffs. Mm, I don't mm. I don't get it, Baltimore. Like I, I know they're not the only team doing this. They clinched yesterday with a walk-off against Tampa. Huge series. You're chasing Tampa for the division. I totally get it. But to tarp off like the locker room, champagne, Budweiser, speeches in the locker room, I'm like, there's still a lot left here. You're trying to win the division. You, you gotta get into the playoffs, obviously. You try and win the World Series. Like that's worth celebrating, not clinching the playoffs and I know they haven't done it in a long time but what are we doing here it's like Vladdy pouring the ice on whoever when they win games <laughs> and it's like are you really celebrating that win right now so two things we are getting old number one uh <laughs> number two is I think it's a case-by-case -case basis right I, I I'm close to allowing Baltimore because they're a young team because they haven't been in the playoffs since 2016 which was an absolute nightmare for them if you remember correctly yeah 
Um, and they have a lot of young players who were doubted, right? I don't think anybody was like, oh, Baltimore is going to win the American League East or Baltimore is going to clinch a playoff spot with two weeks to go. I don't think anybody had that written down. I think people probably expected Baltimore to be where the Jays are right now, where it was like this team is is making those steps because they had a nice back half of last year. Um, if Houston now, if Houston were tarping off for a wild card berth, I'd be like, what are we doing here? But I think for Baltimore, I may allow it. Um, and right. you know, not only is it some young guys, but they also had some guys like Anthony Santander, guys who have been through that really dark period they went through in the last seven years. They had some guys that survived that that are there. I think they deserve it. But in general, yeah, I think I come closer to you. Like clinching WC three, you're the sixth best team in the American League. Is that going to be? I, mean, I guess it will be right because it's a long yeah. season. It's the war of attrition. But uh, you know, I felt this way. Twenty twenty, where the Blue Jays went basically went five hundred and were like the eighth best team in the American League, and they were on the field celebrating. But they went. These teams go through a lot. It's a long year. We're old. I get it. Uh, I do lean closer to you on that. I will make the exception just okay. this once for the twenty twenty three Baltimore Orioles. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll give the Orioles a pass too. I mean, if the Jays do it, by the way, this is in like a I hate the Orioles type deal. If the Jays do it, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Why are you celebrating? People think you're going to win the World <laughs> Series. Don't celebrate the third spot in the wild card because a couple of years ago it didn't exist and you wouldn't be in the playoffs. So let's yes. be real, right? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm the, with you. Some of the celebrate. I, I don't know why I'm so grumpy today, but some of the celebrations, like even the dugout, when when uh, a Red Sox player hits a home run and they have those inflatable dumbbells, like what are we doing, dude? <laughs> like what is that? It's not even cool. Like I the hat, oh uh, the jacket. I love the jacket. You know the 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 Japanese headwear that you know the Angels use. That's cool. But like, what are we doing? Inflatable dumbbells and soups. Funny how it happens that the the Blue Jays ended up being like the only team in the league that doesn't do I one know, now. We've gone we've gone so far back the other way, and they're now the outliers for not doing it. Very strange times. Yeah, I'm grumpy. I feel like I'm a grumpy old man. But listen, I just love baseball. Sounds like I, you're a grumpy um, old man. I think today. the I think the title of this episode will be MLB is upside down, and we don't know anything. That might be the title. I'm the perfect guy. I don't know anything. That's no, you do. Absolutely. What do you mean? I bring you on here because you're extremely knowledgeable and I like you and you're a great guy. Okay, Zeus, before you go, let the people like know where they too. can uh, where they can follow you and hear your uh, your best stuff. Yeah, at the Zoobs on Twitter and the podcast is less than Jay's. It's a complete meltdown. Uh, I don't even know what to say. The most recent episode is me losing my mind after the Texas series. I'm going to have to walk it back. Uh, after the Red Sox series, or maybe I'll wait to see how the Yankees series goes. I, n- now it's like, why record anything? I'm going to be dead wrong <laughs> the moment people listen to it. Uh, but you know, less than Jay's podcast, myself and Jake Goldsby, uh, you may know from Degrassi fame, uh, we're on there breaking it down every week, riding the highs and lows of a baseball season like uh, only baseball fans can. And the wrestling brain. And wrestling brain every Wednesday that. live Come on, on Twitch. Dude, everyone loves the wrestling, wrestling brain. A little bit of I don't wrestling. know. I don't know. You know? Yeah, a little wrestling brain. Every, every uh, Wednesday at 10. Eastern uh, on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. We go live. We talk AEW Dynamite. We go nuts. We play sound alerts. We have music. It's tons of fun. Uh, it's a crazy time. So find us there too. Thank you. Zeus, uh, you are the man. Thank you so much for doing this. And I'm sure we will chat soon and try and make sense of uh, how the Yankees swept the Jays twice. Hopefully not. <laughs> it is quite literally my pleasure. Have, have a great day. All right. See you, buddy. All right, that's it for Homestand Sports. Big shout-out to the Zoops for coming on. Always love talking to that guy. So knowledgeable, and I think we're both on the same page uh, with baseball. We love it. This is an exciting time, but we have no idea what's going on. We can only react to what is happening. So hopefully the Blue Jays, for Jays fans and Jays Nation, 
uh, can finish off at least 500 and potentially make that last wild card spot. Uh, I'll definitely be having him on once again, maybe after this Yankee series, to reassess where the Blue Jays are and definitely going to have him on during the postseason because uh, postseason baseball is fantastic and the Zoobs is absolutely tapped in. Okay. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'll be dropping podcasts for Homestand Sports. Uh, if you want to watch the video version, head over to YouTube, Homestand Sports. I put all the videos up there, me and the crew. Uh, for podcast listeners, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, they will be there. Uh, so make sure you download, leave a, a, a some sort of comment or a rating, something. It helps the podcast a ton. Also, when you get to the YouTube, like the video as well. That helps a lot. That's it for today. I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Sports. Oh,